Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me is Alan. I am here. And Fred. I'm here. And now that everybody is accounted for, we will get into today's episode where we will be talking about your Atlanta Braves. And for the first time in a while, I honestly am getting on this podcast, and I don't want to talk about the Atlanta Braves. They uh, made me so angry this year, as I know a lot of you have, but still my team, still um, you know, still going to watch them every night. As frustrated as I get with them, I come back every night for more. But, Alan, I mean, the season just, it's just kind of been that way. It's just been a, a frustrating feeling. Uh, again, we talk about this at the beginning of every podcast now, but uh, I think they're at five games under going into Thursday night's game. I believe that's the lowest they've been all year. Uh, it just, it hasn't been a, a fun team to watch and that shouldn't be the case with guys like Acuna and Freeman and, and Albies, but they're just not fun to watch right now as a fan. No, it's, they're not. Uh, and right now there are nine, 15 teams in the national league. Of course, nine of them are at or above 500. And of course the Braves are not one of them. That tells us volumes that tells us that they're in trouble. And I think it was a Yogi Bearism. It's getting late early. Uh, the, the Braves really need to get something going here, and yet uh, they're they're stuck in neutral or reverse in some cases. Uh, we we knew this uh, particular schedule stretch was going to be difficult. It has shown to be difficult, uh, but yet at the same time they're losing games that they should have won, uh, and being uncompetitive when they should be a lot more competitive. We uh, heard tonight as the St. Louis series got underway that the Cardinals had beaten the Marlins, uh, wiped them out 6 nothing in uh, their season series. And the Braves have won, what, two of those games against the Marlins so far? Uh, it's, it's just not a good sign. And maybe... Maybe if you took out the Marlins from the schedule and the Blue Jays from the schedule, then we'd feel a lot better about them. But uh, realistically, they're still basically just a 500 team in that circumstance, and they need to get something going. So uh, it, it's it's a matter of are they going to do something? Are they going to do something quick? And that's that's what we're uh, faced with right now. Yeah. Fred, uh, I know you're always the optimistic one on here. Um, t- t- yeah. Tell me – Tell me why I should tune in every night to watch this team right now. Well, you tune in every night because Ronnie's there and Freddie's there and Ozzy's there. And Ronnie and Ozzy are always subject to do something special. And when Anderson's pitching, I know he had a rough night last night, but give me a break. The the, the young man's been a stud for us. Max is pitching tomorrow night. you gotta you got to love watching Max Freed on the mound. I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in the National League right now. Morton tonight looks like he's pleased himself again. So there's there's things to watch for this team all the time. You know, you see you see the players. There's there's 
we like these guys. We love these guys. We like Acuna. We like Ozzie. We like Riley. We we like we like Swanson when he turns around turns on a pitch and hits a three run rocket to tie the game up. We we like these guys, and they're always always likely to do something to 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 make us feel better, to 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 raise our spirits. And and you know if the bullpen would just stop busting that blood, <laughs> we'd be really happy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, you know, uh, but but that's why we tune in. I tune in to see these guys play. It's the same reason, you know, when if I'm if I'm around a television or a, a, a my my computer when Otani's coming to the plate uh, or Trout's coming to the plate or Degrom's pitching and we're not anything like that. I want to see those guys play. Because they're really good, and that's what's good about this game is is the young, uh, the Tatis guys uh, and, and and Acuna and, and these guys. That's what's really fun, and we have multiple players that can do that for us, and that's why I tune in to every night. That and I like the LTV, but other than that, that's <laughs> why I tune in. Well, thank you for ever being our, our optimist tonight. But let me bring this podcast back down, and let's talk about that bullpen. Um, and Fred, I'll, I'll let you go first, but th- this bullpen is just, it's been bad. It's been bad all year. Um, there's, you know, no sugarcoating at this point. It's been the worst part of this team. It's cost the team several games right now, but I, I don't know what you can do, Fred, and I don't know what fans expect Snigger to do. I mean, it doesn't matter who he calls out of the bullpen right now. You can't trust any of them. Yeah, that's exactly uh, as I was talking down earlier, that's exactly the point I was trying to make, and I couldn't, I couldn't get around it to, to get the post finished. But it, it, look, the Braves are 11th in the National League in save opportunities. They're 11th in say in actual saves, uh, save percentage with 52 percent. That's um, that's with ties us with the Rockies and the Phillies. Only the Pirates have a lower save percentage in high leverage positions. This team enter the bullpen enters the game at high and high leverage percentage is 107 times so far this year they've done it. That's that's far and away the most of any team in the National League. The next closest team is the Cubs with 83. So every time a guy gets up in the bullpen, he knows that when he goes out on that mound, this is on the line, and he he knows the offense isn't scoring behind him a lot of times, and he's got to put it right. And unfortunately, they, we don't do that because uh, the, the save percentage, 52 percent of the saves uh, come in. We only get in the medium uh, leverage situations. They only come in medium leverage situations 37 times. The league average is 54. Uh, it's just inherited runner score just 39 percent of the time. It's well, we have the lowest rate of multi-inning relief pitches and the. We're, we're fourth in the league and using our pitchers every other night and just wearing them out. So you've got that. And then at the back, your back end guys, as much as people dislike what Mentor did last night, he's been pretty good. Luke Jackson's been your best non-closer pitcher in that bullpen this year. Uh, Smith is 12 of 13 in saves. Martin had two bad games, but the day before that, everybody was screaming for him because he's really good. When you get beyond those guys, uh, Matzik gets, Matzik does his job. When you get beyond those guys, you're sort of going, well, gee, which one of these lottery tickets do I take? And the lottery tickets come in and they know it's a high leverage situation. And you say, well, I don't want 
this, this pitcher coming in in a high leverage situation, but everybody else out there is exhausted. I've got to bring in somebody. I've got to bring in Jacob Webb, or I've got to bring in Josh Tomlin, or I've got, and they come in and they get shelled because they know they can't afford to make a mistake. And that's the worst way in the world to do anything. When you know you can't make a mistake or it's going to go bad, they, you make a mistake and it goes bad every time. And I, I've heard do that, but that's in the back of their mind. They know. The guys in the bullpen, he's standing with the little chart saying, well, you've got the middle of the order coming up here, and there's runners on the bases, and there's nobody out, and we're we're, we're leading by one run, but go get them, Tiger. Um, and, and that's a awful, awful hard thing to carry. Now, we've, so we've talked about this before. Anthopolis did, did snicker no good with this benefit. Didn't do him a bit of good by building the bullpen the way he did. Uh, much less uh, leaving the bat, the lineup a bat short. But the bullpen was, is a disgraceful situation that should never have gotten this far. Once you give it to him, he can only use what's there. And I don't know, like you said, I don't know what else he can do. Yeah, no, it's a tough, it's a tough spot, um, to be in. And you didn't mention Shane Green. I mean, he just, I, I players that come in mid-season, I have, to, I mean, I haven't looked it up, but I just feel like they don't have a great track record. I know it wasn't necessarily mid-season when Shane Green came back, but, you know, players who were signed late like that, I feel like it's always a rough go of it for them. They rushed him uh, up, to be fair. They were scrambling mm-hmm. for an arm. And they rushed him up after what three appearances at Gwinnett or something. Right. Uh, when they took him out of the game last night, he'd thrown twenty pitches. Ten of them were balls. Uh, he he was he was done. He wasn't going to throw to another batter. Uh, he could have the next batter might have been you know Danny Santana hit the ball to Marietta. So he was exhausted when he left the game last night. I know people don't want to believe that, but just look at what he did. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I didn't mean to jump in there, but no, you're you're fine. But. Um... The point being is that Anthopolis didn't, like you said, didn't do Snicker any favors. He didn't make any moves in the actual offseason to try to improve this bullpen, even though we were riding it, everybody was riding it, everybody was saying it, and now we don't know their budget. Um, but I can't believe he didn't have $2 million to, to offer Mark Melanson or um, or any other reliever that, that signed for under $5 million out there. Uh, it's just hard for me to believe that wasn't a possibility for them. But, Alan, I mean – I've never thought Snickers a great bullpen manager, so I'm not trying to excuse him here. But like we talked about, it, it doesn't seem to matter what he does right now. Whoever he's bringing out of that bullpen, Fred touched on it. Chris Martin's been really good. So you bring him in in a high-leverage situation, he gives up a three-run bomb the other night. Mitter, he's been really good. Fred was talking about the other day, he'd only allowed you know one of 11 or one of 14 inherited runners to score. He comes in gives up a grand slam. Uh, I mean, it just... It doesn't seem to matter what Snicker does. He can't. He, he can't win right now. No, he can't, and that's unfortunate because there's just. I mean, he is in a no-win situation. I, I guess I'll play a little devil's advocate here a little bit, in that I'll, I'll explain what I think happened in the front office this winter, and my my best guess is that they decided they had a limited amount of funds. They certainly weren't going to give Melanza another 14 million bucks to come back. Uh, I don't know what they had intended to, to do. If anything, my suspicion is that, uh, whatever they thought they wanted to give him, uh, just wasn't going to be sufficient anyhow. So they didn't bother to try, whether it's four or five million or less or what have you. So, uh, rather than insult him, they let him walk. And I don't know that he wanted to come back anyway. So 
change of philosophy with limited amount of funds. Let's bolster the starting rotation because it needed to be bolstered anyway. We know how much of a mess the rotation was last year and hope that we can get guys that can go six innings, maybe seven on a routine basis. And then we don't have to worry about the depth of the bullpen so much. Well, hasn't worked out that way so much. Um, the starting rotation is probably averaging around maybe five innings ish. Editor's note, I looked it up. It's actually about 5.2 innings right now. And the guys that performed well last year that they thought they could rely on, Minter in particular, haven't done hardly in, uh, anything like what they did last year. Granted, yes, uh, 2020 being a weird year, you can't exactly uh, rely on those numbers, but what other numbers have you got to work with? So, the idea of bolstering your starting rotation to help out the bullpen and reduce the innings seemed seems at least plausible in, in theory, but it just has not worked out uh, one iota, really. And I don't know that the – and clearly the rotation hasn't been as good as they had hoped either. So uh, between those two things, uh, they, they seem to have rolled the dice, tried to save a little money here and there. Yeah, I know. I spent eleven million bucks on Smiley, but it always comes back. To it Smiley. always comes back to Smiley. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it just hasn't worked, and they are scrambling now to try and figure out what to do and how to get to the July trade season. Because right now, I don't know that anybody uh, is uh, really in a mood to deal yet. And even so, the Braves have honestly got to be looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, how far do we want to go? Because right now this team's not very good. Yeah, and, and you talk about it, teams aren't may not be willing to trade right now. Antopoulos has to make them willing to trade. I mean, he may even have to overpay a little bit um, in order to get something done right now. But something has has to change. I just feel like there's a... There's an aura in this bullpen right now where nobody has any confidence coming out of there in a tight spot. You know, Fred mentioned all the stats on it. It's just uh, I think there's a bad juju going on in that bullpen right now for all of them. And I think it needs an entire facelift similar to what Anthopolis did in 2019 when he brought over Shane Green and Chris Martin and Mark Melanson. You know, I don't know that you can get those type of guys right now, but I think at the very least – he has to try to go out there and see what he can get to bring some new faces into this bullpen for the back end. I mean, you, you've got to be able to go to teams like the Royals or the Orioles or um, the Diamondbacks, you know, somebody who you know is not going to be contending this year and say, hey, give me one of your best relievers that you're not going to need for the future. Let me give you a, a prospect with some some upside. Let me give you a lottery ticket. I, I got to I gotta feel like that deal is, is capable of getting done right now, Fred. And it needs to get done. Like I wrote uh, today, I mean, they can't wait till the trade deadline. Something has to change now for this team. Yeah, and and Dave O'Brien wrote the same thing in, in the Athletic today. Although his trades were kind of odd, a couple of them. Um, uh, Bowden told him that he would get a dial tone on two of them, so <clears throat> that's how odd they were. And Bowden doesn't think it good. But look, the Rangers signed Ian Kennedy to a minor league contract, and He's having a pretty good season as their closer. I'm certain that he's available, and that's the kind of guy that you're going to get. Uh, he's got 12 saves and 22 innings pitched and, and uh, 282 ERA. And if you put him in the back of the pen, he's experienced. He's not going to panic. 
um, that kind of guy, or maybe you go to go to the Pirates for Rich Rodriguez or uh, one of those guys like that out there, you could do. But they could have done Kennedy over over the winter on a minor league deal, uh, and they didn't do that. And there's there's more to that than than money because we know that minor league deals don't pay a whole lot of money. So uh, I think that they can go get the get the people, and they are going to have to overpay. You're going to you're going to up Chuck Waters and and some somebody else to get uh, get what this team needs. Um, uh, I'm I'm still on the Gallo Gibson Kennedy train. I think that'll do uh, nicely. Uh, but I, I don't know that the, the Rangers would would move all of them for anything uh, that we would give up. Uh, it's just the bullpen itself. You need to stop projecting young players uh, who had 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 60 games where they were at their peak to do that for the whole season. And when you know, I think that they sat there at the off season and said, "Well, <clears throat> if we project that uh, you know Ian's going to win, uh, going to go out there and he's going to throw us 180 innings, and and Mac's going to throw us 180 innings, and and Mike Soroka's going to give us 140 innings, and then we stick in Morton there and he's going to give us 185 innings, and Smiley's going to come in and give us 165 innings. We don't have to worry about the bullpen." Uh, but that's all not considering that some of these guys may not be there and that the guys you've got in the minor leagues that you haven't called up yet, you haven't called them up for a reason, uh, nor have you traded them for anything we could use, which is in a whole other topic. But, but the, I just think that it was, a, a it's like sitting down when I have my, wrote my first business plan and said, well, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. No, I'm not. And I wasn't very realistic projection. And I think that's what happened. They projected things. They got in their mind that they had to have Drew Smiley, even though uh, these Scalafini and Tyon Walker and uh, were out there, and others were out there doing uh, who are doing better for less. Um, but they had to have Smiley based on that small sample size, so they committed that money to him, uh, went out and got him. That was the kind of thing he. I want him. I'm going to go get him. Okay. So if that's what you're going to do, then and you you want to go get these two or three players, don't. Don't don't half step now. Go get them, because if you don't, uh, by the time it gets to the big deadline, uh, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do it. His plan every year. He said this in the past is well, you don't have to win the winter because you can always add at the deadline. Well, yes, but you do have to at least play in the winter and get to the deadline close to the close enough time. And we're seven and a half games back going. End of the night, and uh, you know maybe we're on a turnaround and we're going to win ten in a row or something and bring us out of this. But it's going to be touch and go uh, because we got a rough part of the schedule coming, and there's no relief in sight. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we may not make it to the trade deadline this year. That that's the problem. I mean, we're still you know middle of June right now, and like we talked about, there may not be a lot of teams out there willing to deal at the moment right now. So. Braves are in a, a really tough spot, and like I said, they got they got to make something happen quick. I mean, we talk about it every week on here how this team is a roller coaster, and you still feel like at any moment they could go off and go on that you know ten game winning streak or go you know nine and one. I mean, they're certainly capable of doing that. It's just everything we've seen through the first sixty five games of the season or whatever it is uh, doesn't tell me that's going to happen. Um, so I think something. Has has to change. Something needs to change, um, but it's up to Antopolis to to get it done. Um, but Alan, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on that before we move on? 
this is out of his comfort zone. Uh, the idea of having to, I mean, Alex Anthopoulos has definitely made himself a player in the winter by trying to make his key moves quick. Uh, he just signed Josh Donaldson early on in the process. He you know, got a couple other guys in November that year. He got Smiley and Morton signed uh, early in this winter, but he doesn't do that in the, uh, in the summer. He, he does not, he's not willing to overpay in trades. He's, he's very coy about how he does things. And really, frankly, I think it's going to be difficult because not only does he have to make some moves quick, he has to probably overpay in multiple trades in order to get the things that he needs. And I don't know how he's going to get that done. I, I really don't. It's going to be extremely difficult to, to do that unless you just go ahead and decimate the farm system. And that's not a good plan for the long term. So, yeah, it, it's it's one of those deals where you're kind of caught in between a rock and a hard place and not going to be able to probably do everything you want to do. So you, you're going to have to make some decisions quick and go ahead and, and make those and then see what happens later, I suppose, because it's, it's not going to be a, a deal where people are going to hand you players. There's going to be competition for that, and there's going to be a lot of it. I yeah. think when he left when he left Toronto, before he left Toronto, he went out and did that. He 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 went big on some trades and yep. emptied their farm system and it bit him and when he left Toronto, it wasn't all smiles and 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 sunshine and lollipops because he did and I think that even yeah. if he, not consciously that I think that's in the back. I mean, remember, he traded Cindergaard for RA Dickey. He 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 went out and and drew through everything at the at at uh, the Rockies for for Tulowitzki and and it didn't wasn't enough to push him over the top and I think when you make a bad trade and you you go do it a couple of times and you see what you left behind you you go boy I didn't do that very well and I'm not going to make that mistake again uh, and and I think that that's if even if it's not overtly out there I think that's part of this. Yeah, and, and that's kind of a shame, too, because I don't think the Blue Jays had the good young core that this Braves team had. And if you went out and made aggressive deals like that with this Braves team, I think it could be a different story. I mean, this team was one win away from going to the World Series. So, you know, you hate to see that, you know, he has that mindset that, hey, I don't want to, you know, give up the farm again and then it not work out when, you know, I mean, that Toronto team was still a really good team, a really fun team. They just didn't win the World Series. But like I said, I don't think they had the, the young core of talent that this Braves team has. And I think there have been moves out there to be made to, to make a big trade. And he just hasn't been willing to do that. on and maybe try to get into some positives here. I'm not going to talk about the game going on right now because I don't want to mess that up, but Abraham Almonte, Alan, how do we get this guy into the All-Star game? Because uh, he, he's, been, he's been hot right now. <laughs> I, you you uh, steal the ballot boxes and start loading them up. Yeah, nobody knows about him uh, outside of Atlanta, unfortunately, and uh, I think that's the same problem with uh, Austin Riley is that uh, he's caught behind a bunch of name recognition that uh, is shielding the fact that uh, he is also all-star worthy. Almonte uh, is also suffering from the fact that he 
has only had really a good month. And, you know, people like to see guys who've had a good year so far before they start putting them in an all-star game. Even, even the rookies that, uh, come out of nowhere, uh, that, that's the kind of thing that, uh, that comes up in those cases. So, uh, I mean, maybe he might garner some, uh, some uh consideration as a reserve a late reserve uh but i unfortunately i think he's going to be probably 10th 15th in the pecking order behind all the outfielders that are available to uh dave robertson when we get around to that picking of the uh, reserves in the all-star game yeah absolutely but fred almonte's been huge for this team i mean i think if you would have said coming into the year that he'd be the cleanup hitter in mid-June, and and rightfully so, the cleanup hitter. Uh, I think you would have said the Braves were all in a bad place, and they are, so I guess that's true. But uh, he's definitely come up huge for this team. He has an RBI double tonight, uh, Thursday night, to put the Braves up 3 nothing. So I uh, just wanted to give Almonte a big shout-out, Fred, how, uh, how good he's been. And he may be better than Marcelo Zuna. Maybe he's the future there to replace him. Well, you know, what, what he does that – that Ozuna didn't do, and a lot of the players don't do, is he gets on base. Um, uh, he he did that at AAA, uh, and and that's what he's been done since he got gets up here. He he doesn't give away at bats. He fights for every pitch. He he fouls off pitches. He tries to get on base, and he you know the game last night, uh, a diving play kept him from driving in two more runs and blowing the thing wide open. Uh, he hits the ball hard, and he he, he doesn't he doesn't give up any at bats. So that's what I mean. That's the great that's the great stuff about Almonte uh, is that he doesn't quit. He doesn't he doesn't give up. I think you know I think he's going to be around the Braves this year for a while because I I think that that's the kind of player I know that's the kind of player Snitker loves, and that's the kind of player the team needs to be able to go out there and do that now. Uh, him hitting in the fourth spot says more about the group than it does about him, but he's not changed what he did. A lot of guys, when you stick them in that fourth hole, they automatically go up there, unbutton their top button, and try to hit the ball out of the ballpark. And that's not what he's done. He knows who he is. I'm a contact hitter. I spray the ball all over the ballpark. I fight for a good pitch, and I hit it hard. And that's what he's been doing. How long it's going to last, I don't know. But boy, he's been he's been really really good since he came up. And you know, defensively, not probably as good as Ozuna defensively. So there's that. Um, but uh, I I just hope the bubble doesn't bust on him too soon. But he's been like you said, he's been a blessing uh, coming up and doing doing the thing that nobody thought us thought what he would do. Yeah, for sure. It's. Yeah, been a, a very welcome surprise. And now the offense as a whole really has is, is picked it up lately. You know, scored 16 runs in those two games with the Red Sox, uh, which makes it even more frustrating. They couldn't win one of those games. But you start to look at the numbers up and down the lineup now. I mean, ev- just about everybody is hitting, you know, 240 or better, which seemed uh, out of the question even just a couple weeks ago. But you got Freddie up to 243, Albies at 250. Um, Riley at 287, obviously Acuna up at 294. Dansby struggled a little bit here lately. He's down at 235, but had the big home run the other night that Fred talked about. So the offense starting to turn things around here, Alan, and that's like again was mentioned at the beginning. That's why you tune in to watch this team because the guys in this lineup are really fun to watch when they're clicking and they're really starting to get it going. Yeah, I should have uh, when the Almonte question. I should have probably. Uh, uh, 
bit my tongue a little bit, uh, uh, the idea of stuffing a ballot box given where the All-Star game is this year and why. <laughs> but in any case, um, <laughs> Riley is, you know, sort of in a, a little bit of a slump right now. That, that, and that sort of, we're trying to be positive what, here, Alan. We're trying to I know. Be positive. Well, um, this epitomizes what this lineup has been doing. It's got some ebbs and flows to it. Uh, some of these guys have, have been doing very well. Some of these guys have been not doing so well on occasion. But, yes, overall, as a group, it is doing better. And last week when I uh, made the claim that the, the, the Braves' woes were essentially the bullpen and only the bullpen, that's what I was thinking of. They have been scoring enough runs to make a difference. They have been scoring enough to win games. They have been getting leads in games. Uh, yeah, they haven't been held, but... Uh, yeah, if if it were just um, if the bullpen were doing its job, I think we'd always all be saying that the offense has also been doing its job. So I'm not uh, terribly concerned about it. Uh, yes, there's still some holes here and there that uh, pitchers can go to 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 get outs in this lineup, but they can't do that consistently. Uh, Dansby Swanson hitting 235 overall right now as, as we speak is is still liable to to crush one and ambush a pitch like he did the other day hitting a homer. So uh you you can't uh rest on these guys and some of them are gonna be clutch. Contreras has been doing that way. Uh Freddie Freeman's last three homers I think have all been very clutch uh <laughs> at, at uh, key parts of this the game. So uh yeah, I like I I'm liking this offense more uh, it's, it's still like a no name offense going in a lot of cases, but, uh, I, I like the way they're headed. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, what we talked about before the season is the depth of this lineup. Um, you know, and if everybody was clicking, everybody's in there, then obviously this is a very deep lineup. You know, if not, it can get shallow really quickly, but I mean, you've got somebody in Acuna that can carry an offense for a time. You got somebody in Freeman that can carry an offense for a time. You got somebody in Riley now who has basically carried the offense for a month, month and a half before this recent cold streak. And, and even Swanson's had his moments. Maybe he, he's a guy that carries you for, you know, a week, maybe half a week. Um, but you know, you have those kind of hitters up and down the lineup that are capable of doing that. And I think that's what makes this offense so good, um, when they are going, uh, well as they are right now. So, Certainly, you know, good things coming for this offense. Glad to see them finally turn it around. Um, you know, offense seems to always pick up as the heat turns up, and then the heat has definitely turned up uh, here in the south. Um, but, Fred, I want to sw- switch gears a little bit uh, as far as talking about trying to improve offense. And Major League Baseball um, coming out with their enforcements of foreign Southerns on the baseball. I know there's been some more news about this lately. I know you've kind of been all over that. So I want to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about that, what the rules are, uh, what Major League Baseball is going to be instituting and when. Well, starting next Monday, uh, Major League Baseball is going to be uh, ejecting, ejecting pitchers from games and suspending them immediately for 10 games um, with pay. Uh, which tells you, first of all, that uh, we know you did it, but your club lets you do it, so we're going to get them too, because not only are they going to be suspended with pay, uh, you can't replace them in the roster. So if you have a pitcher that goes out there and, and has something and gets caught, or has something on his glove and gets caught, and they throw him out of the game, you're going to pay him for that 10 games he's gone, and you're going to play with 25 minutes to the 26. Uh, if repeating habit 
they can can and will fine and suspend uh, managers, coaches, any employee of the team, training staff, medical staff, anybody who helps a player do something that violates the rule is subject to sanctions because some of the teams, uh, they have chemists on board um, who do a lot of things for them, and one of the things they've done over years is develop sticky stuff for the pitchers. And all this come about, and it's going to happen, and now we have pitchers out there. Garrett Cole was almost in tears last night in his pressure, and the best, the best response to all the pitcher angst about, oh, we can't be able to hold the ball, you know, it rosin doesn't work. Pedro Martinez says, look, all you got to do is be smart enough to use the rosin. Showed him how on television. Roy Oswalt said on, on XM Radio this afternoon, he said, I can't believe that pitchers are actually complaining because they're not allowed to cheat. <laughs> it takes right. some kind of chutzpah to say, well, we're not good pitchers. We have to cheat to be in the major leagues and earn $100 million. And that's exactly the point. Pitchers did it for years. Okay, they had a scuff ball here. Whitey Ford had a ring. His wedding ring had a hook on the inside of it where he cut the baseball when he got it back to the mound. Uh, and we saw uh, Todd Worrell with the sandpaper fly out of his pocket. You had the pitchers now and then to do it. But most of these pitchers, Pedro Martinez said, all I ever used was rosin. And complaining that you can't control the ball just tells me that you're not a very good pitcher. So um, I looked at all the Braves pitchers, um, and really uh, some of the pitchers don't have a very long history of doing it. The the pitchers who've had the biggest change in spin rates, um, uh, Sean Newcomb, uh, mostly on his curveball. Um, and again, I want to say this doesn't mean that they're doing anything, Okay. This means that their spin rate improved. It doesn't mean that they did something to make it. They're put, they're doping the ball or anything to get it there. Uh, Luke Jackson <laughs> and his his curveball just took off between 2018 and 2021, uh, and so did his slider because it's basically he's he's getting more rotation on him, a tighter rotation on him, and those took off for him over the three years. Now his his, his success has been up and down, um, but. Jackson, Smiley, and Newcomb uh, are the ones who have the huge, have the biggest changes in. That's a huge, a couple hundred RPM change in in their pitches, and uh, those are the guys. The rest of the team, not so much. I mean, Morton's got a lot of spin on his pitches, but he's always had spin on his pitches since he's been with Roy Hall since he met up with Roy Halliday in Philadelphia and worked on his mechanics. So it's, I, you know, again. Spin can be done in a lot of ways. You can get better mechanics, smooth out your mechanics, as Morton did, uh, or says he did, because uh, I haven't seen his fingers or the balls. But he says he said when he left Halliday that that was that was the guy that turned him around and, and made him a better pitcher. So since that time, since they've been tracking it, uh, he's got a high spin rate, but it's been a consistent spin rate that hasn't jumped. There have been no huge ups and downs in it. And, of course, Anderson and the other Braves youngsters don't have a track record of that. But uh, And and Chris Martin has no variance in his spin. He, he's not much of it, and, and Max doesn't have much of a spin rate any, either way. So, you know, Newcomb, Smiley, uh, and Jackson have had changes in spin rate, whether that's um, 
uh, tackiness or not, I don't know. But the good news is spin rate took a huge dive on four-seam fastballs this week, and the batting averages you're seeing increases are going to go up again. Yep. No, not that, I definitely think that's good for the game. I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, and they talk about the state of baseball. And, you know, not only is offense down and strikeouts up, but games are taking longer than ever. And that's just not a good product for the game when there's less action and games are taking even longer. So, uh, you know, again, like you said, anytime we get cheating out of the game, which that's what it is, uh, I think that's a good thing, and definitely getting more action in the game will, will obviously be a good thing as well. So, uh, Alan, your kind of thoughts on that? Do you think, you know, it's a good thing for baseball and definitely something that Major League Baseball needed to step in on? Yeah, because anytime you get something that people seem to like and that's uh, allowable, somebody's always going to push the envelope and try it and, and take it a next step and then the next step after that. And now we've got this uh, situation where we've got the spider tech where you can, well, Trevor Bauer showed a uh, a photo where he was holding a, a ball just stuck to the palm of his hand that would not let go. <laughs> so, uh you get stuff like that going in, and that's obviously going way too far. But here's the problem I've got, and you know we're all over Alex Anthopoulos for going to try and get somebody in the bullpen now. Well, if I'm at the Atlanta Braves and I'm in an analytical organization like like they are, I have to watch these guys for a couple of weeks more after uh, the 21st. Because I need to see if the pitchers that I think I want on my team, that I might think are trade targets, I have to see how they're going to perform without the sticky stuff. You have to know that what you're going to get is what you expect. And if you think that they are getting an advantage, then you're going to need to see them for two, three, five, ten appearances after the change happens. And... That's going to be that's going to be interesting to see how that affects the trade market uh, for pitching coming down the pike next month because uh, I, I think it's a real uh, possibility that you're going to see some performance degradation from some of these guys that you might have thought were going to be uh, dealt uh, as as we go forward here. Yeah, and like on the same, on the flip side of that too is you could have pitchers that struggle over the next couple of weeks and all of a sudden you're thinking okay. Was it because of sticky stuff, or are they just having a bad couple of weeks? So exactly, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough to evaluate. Um, so making Alex's job even harder, but uh, at the same time, got either way. I think you got to get something done. Just get some new faces <laughs> in that bullpen. You stay away from the spin rate guys. I mean, right. really, you, you stay with the guys who've had a huge change in spin rate over the years. And the the day of out there, and the teams have the data. You know, you you look yes, the, the the pitcher the pitcher for. Uh, I can't remember the Rodriguez. I guess he he's not a he's not a high spin rate fastball breaking ball pitcher. He he's he pitches. He's got a nice fastball. He just moves it around. Kennedy's not a spin rate guy either. There, are, there I mean his curveball's got got some spin on it. Uh, but most of it, most of these guys uh, that you're seeing doing this, they're the guys with uh, that had the stain on their hat and uh, all that, uh, and they know who these guys are. They do. Uh, they they can point to them right now, and I think that uh, the whole point of the of the crackdown by MLB is to tell the clubs, look, stop it. You're you're not going to like it if we have to punish them. You should stop this now. 
because the clubs can do that. The clubs can fix this right now. They can just tell the pitchers, don't, don't do it. Because if you do and you cost us something, you, you're going to, you're not going to like the result. And they can stop this. They, they, they encouraged it. They, they moved it along. They turned a blind eye to it. And just like Oswald said, this, this been in the rule books since before he was born. It was in the rule books when I was born. And they're still trying to do it. And now they're complaining because they can't. So just, just shut up and pitch. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great place to uh, end the podcast here. Uh, just shut up and pitch. Sounds like a, a good ending uh, to, to a podcast. But uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure that you check out the website, tomahawktake.com, where we post daily content covering the Atlanta Braves. And make sure you subscribe to the Tomahawk Take podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. This has been the Sticky Situation edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. It is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants because Minute Media wonderfully allows creator freedom and because we didn't tell them about this. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Batty McFadden, which was modified to fit into the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkTake.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and for all your shopping needs, we hope that your list can be checked off without the need to overpay. We'll see you out there for the next inning. <laughs>